Hi, I'm Jasmine, and you're listening to Lifesavers, the podcast by the RNLI, the charity that saves lives at sea. Now, more than ever, we need good stories and good people to remind us that in dark times, there is always hope and there is always humanity. That's why in this new series, I'll be speaking to RNLI lifeboat volunteers and lifeguards who drop everything to bring someone in trouble safely back home to their family. This week, I'm speaking to Abby, who watched from the window as her husband Gary and her mother-in-law were rescued by Tobermory lifeboat crew after their canoe capsized in the freezing water. My first instinct was that he was going to drown and that we were just going to watch him drown. So I have two small children and I gave one a colouring in book and the other one wasn't old enough to know what was going on because I just didn't want them to watch Daddy drown. Coxon David McAfee was the leader of Tobermory lifeboat crew that day. And two years later, it's still a rescue he remembers well. I, I always automatically go to the worst case scenario thinking this could be two children, this could be my family. It, it's not just the people we rescue, it's, it's the whole family that are affected by these things. In this episode, you'll hear how a local community pulled together to bring the family back together, how something good came out of a bad experience, and the moment Abby was able to thank David personally. So let's hear from Abby and her story of what happened that day. So we were on holiday in the Scottish Highlands and whilst there was a sea lock in front of the house, I never for one minute made the connection between the sea and the RNLI ever coming into our family. Um, But one day my husband went out on his canoe and the girls and I went upstairs just to give him a wave off and we saw the canoe tipped over and didn't come back up. And what was at first a bit of a laugh about how daddy had tipped the boat over turned seriously serious quite quickly when um, it didn't come back up and there was nobody to go and help him we then called 999 asked for the coast guard and thankfully the rnli crew and the coast guard managed to get gary out of the water just in time i really didn't think how serious it would be for him to be in the water for that amount of time my first instinct was that he was going to drown and that we were just going to watch him drown. So I have two small children and I gave one a colouring in book and the other one wasn't old enough to know what was going on because I just didn't want them to watch daddy drown. He had a life jacket on, but the waves were getting bigger because the weather changes quickly up there. And the worst moment for me was that. I'm just wondering what was actually going to happen. And the relief when the lifeboat came was just unbelievable. I knew he was in safe hands and that was a moment for me when I could do literally nothing and to know that those people came they literally saved me because I was there completely helpless with two children just watching the person that I love dying and they just saved me that day because I couldn't do anything and they were just there. Abby's husband and her mother-in-law were brought back to safety just in time. So what has the rescue meant to her and her family? And how has life changed for them? For us, Gary being rescued means everything because at a time when I never thought that RNLI would be part of our life and I never thought we would ever need them. But when we did need them, they were there and the whole team worked together and literally saved his life. Gary had minutes left in the water and... 
they got to him just in time. So for us, we can never do enough for the RNLI and we'll support them in any way that we can. And I'm just so grateful for everything that they've done and the teams across the country that do exactly the same every day. They're amazing. Since the rescue, um, everything's changed in our life. We obviously take account for every day is means so much more to us, but also it's brought big changes in our home life as well. I started a business which has thankfully taken off and gone national pretty much overnight during coronavirus, which is unreal. But without that day, I don't think I would have had the drive to achieve something like what I have. And even as a family, we're a lot closer together now and we really appreciate the time that we have together. And it's a really crazy thing to come from such a bad experience. But as a family, that's how we've taken it. We're so much closer and really appreciate everything that we've got. And now let's hear from David and his story of what happened on the day of the rescue. It's definitely one of the ones that kind of sticks in your mind when you get the tasking information. That's not the kind of thing you want to hear, people in the water, especially up here, because I just I know how cold the water is here. When the page came through to you, what did you know about the situation? Uh, same as always, we're frantically getting kitted up at the same time as the launching authorities passing over the information. So you start off getting snippets and you start to form an image in your head of what's going on. And the image wasn't a good one. It, it was it was a, this is real, we need to move quickly. The weather wasn't, it wasn't amazing anyway. It wasn't reckless to go out in a kayak, but the... They must have just got caught unlucky, but certainly challenging conditions. When you got the when you got the page and you knew what you were launching to, can you kind of tell me what happened in your own words? Um, as far as I remember, we, we were tasked to an upturned kayak with two people in the water. I didn't know if it was, like I, I now know it was a male and a female, but I didn't know that it was a, a mother and son, I think. And... I, I always automatically go to the worst case scenario thinking this could be two children, this could be my family. So with that going through my mind, I just wanted to get moving quickly and get underway and just to get there as quick as possible to make the difference. What happened when you got to the scene and you saw that there were the two people in the water? When we got to the scene, there was actually an, another boat, a local boat was assisting and they were in the process of getting them on board their own boat and we, we know these people quite well because it's a, it's a small place we, we know most people here so we could immediately start a conversation with them and we knew we knew the questions we wanted to ask and we knew what we wanted the end outcome to be so we started to formulate that plan we got the two boats together and we prioritized the the male he was definitely the worst of the two I think he I think he wore glasses and lost his glasses during the incident, which I imagine wearing glasses myself, I can imagine how disorientating that alone would be, let alone being in the cold Scottish water. We, once we got them on board, we our carriage care training took over and we had two of the best carriage carers at the time on the boat. So we're lucky with that and insulate them and keep reassuring and just keep the keep the casualty busy really, so that they don't worry too much about their own predicament and that's that's what we can worry about and with that going on I organised for the boat to make best speed to Salon Pontoons where we met up with the ambulance service. 
What were they like? Were they were you worried that they might have developed hypothermia? The male casualty was definitely worse, and he definitely showed signs and symptoms of hypothermia. It's not something that we can easily tell, but we certainly treated for that, and we insulated the best we could. And through the time that the casualty was on the boat, he significantly improved, which was a great comfort to everyone on board. And his mother as well, she she was much more with it throughout the incident, but she also improved throughout the, the call out as well. So it was really good to get ashore when we did, because they were still, they weren't out of trouble yet, I don't think, they still had to get warmed up further. We're definitely glad to get them ashore as quick as we could. Both of those casualties there were wearing life jackets, weren't they? Yeah, um, I can't remember exactly what type of life jacket they had, but it will have undoubtedly made the difference that day. It's Obviously, I'd recommend life jackets to anyone, any water user. They definitely could have looked a very different kind of rescue if they weren't wearing them. Yeah, I'd, I don't want to think what could have happened if, if they didn't have the, the means of floating until we got there. Uh, since this rescue, um, Abigail, who is the, the wife and uh, daughter-in-law of, of the casualties, she started a business that's become really successful. How does that feel to you, knowing that you not only saved lives that day, but you helped turn a life around too? It's, that is an absolutely amazing feeling. I, I've recently commented that Abigail wrote a letter to the station after this rescue, and it was one of the most sincere, genuine, like emotional letters I've ever read. And it really made me feel it, it's not just the people we rescue, it's, it's the whole family that are affected by these things. I'm really happy that we were able to make the difference that day. That's amazing to hear, especially because um, I actually have something for you from Abigail, which I'd like to share with you, if that's OK. To David, there are no words to thank you enough for saving my husband and my mother-in-law on Easter Monday. As my daughter and I watched them set off in the canoe from the kitchen window, I could never have imagined the horror that was about to unfold in front of my eyes. I was speaking to them on the walkie-talkie and the next moment the canoe was over and they were in the water. I initially thought that they would just turn it back over and come back to the house to get dry until I noticed that the canoe was vertical in the water with only 30 centimetres-ish above the water level. On my own with the two children under three, all I could do was try and ask others for help. Without the Coast Guard and all of you, my husband and mother-in-law would have perished in front of my eyes. I will always wish that I could have done more for them that day. Um, but more so, I will be forever grateful that you risk your lives on a daily basis for others. You are all fantastic people and the things that you do will probably feel normal. They're actually extraordinary and the words are not enough to thank you for working together and selflessly giving your time to save my family. Thanks to you, my nearly three-year-old is telling everyone how we call 999 and the superhero saved her daddy and grandma. Things would have been very different without you all. And she's right, in our eyes, you really are superheroes. That was very nice. How does it feel to listen to that back? That was kind of like the same emotion that I felt reading reading the letter that she sent to us in the first place. It is really nice to know that we made a difference that day. 
Thank you. And yeah, it's really nice, like you say, to hear how the community is all working together and you all know each other and help each other out. Yeah, that is, that, that is one of the nice things about Tomorrow, that especially especially just now this year, there's people that have come out of the woodwork that you'd never thought would have that kind of community spirit, but they've just been helping each other out so much. Absolutely. Do you think that the um, that the pandemic is, has had a part to play in that? Yeah, without a doubt, it's changed the way that a lot of people, especially my kind of friends and my age group, the way that we are acting now, the the bond within the crew's got tighter as well. Like we we train less frequently just now, so the times you do train is more special. So you make yeah. the most of it. That's lovely. Thank you so much for that, and thank you for your time today. Especially if you're not at work, I really appreciate it. I know these are golden moments. <laughs> <laughs> A big thank you to Abby and David for sharing your experience with us, and thank you at home for listening to their story. The RNLI is completely reliant on the generosity of the public, and support like yours, whether you make a kind donation or raise awareness by sharing our stories, helps bring another person safely back home to their loved ones. Thank you for helping to save my husband and my family. If you're enjoying the series, it would mean so much to us if you could leave us a five-star rating on iTunes to help other people find us. Plus, you can subscribe to our podcast and get the next episode as soon as it's released. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week.